0: Oh my god, what's up, party people? And welcome to this week's episode of Romancing Nancy Drew. I'm your host, Indy Nickerson, which stands for Nancy Drew Nickerson, and you can find me at that handle on Twitter, or you can find me at Romancing Nancy on Twitter if you are so inclined. For as long as that shambling pile of garbage is still shambling. Um, this week's episode, mm, I do want to talk about this for just a second. Normally, the vibe here is we are good friends, and we are sitting down to dinner on a Friday or Saturday night, and we are a little bit tipsy, and we are just discussing an ACJ book that I read. However, um, when I was reading this, and I was like, oh, shit, like, the the critical shit kicked in, so we are going to do that, but then afterward, we're going to talk about some shit, so. Or, knowing me, it'll just sneak in while I'm giving you the conversation, so. Uh, and one content warning before we begin, um, this... Book cover, and this week we're discussing The Pan- the Phantom of Pine Hill, and this is number 42 in the series, and it was released in 19- 1965. Nancy and Ned are depicted on the cover, which is a little bit unusual. Like, there's going to be some Ned covers, and you know I'm here for that shit. You know I am. But for this one, like, he's wearing, um like, not the stereotypical, and this book is going to say Indian, like, all the time. He's not wearing stereotypical Native American or First Nations garb, but he is wearing like the like leather with the fringe and it's got some colors on it. And he has a headdress that has red feathers in it. It does not have like the white and black feathers in it. Um, but anyway, he is definitely, um, and it's, it's going to get worse, but just know that going in, like the cover is telling you what you need to know here. Um, Nancy and Ned are looking up a hill at a white guy who was ducked behind a tree, a pine tree, of course. What, what the fuck else would it be? It's the Phantom of Pine Hill. Uh, he's dressed in black, like he's a mime who is just enjoying being under the shade of a tree for heat reasons. And Nancy is behind him wearing a very cute, like powder blue shirt dress with a collar. She's got her hair in a little flip, because it's 1965. Um, but yeah, both of them are like, oh shit, we got some white people shit going down. Also, that is going incognito. God, no. Um, a, th- a thing that I'm going to talk about in this book, like like I said, it's just going to fucking sneak in. Um, the... We talked about how, like, the original mystery stories were set, like, generic, quote, Midwest. Like, it's just... It could be Indiana. It could be Ohio. It could be Illinois. Like, they don't really s- specify. We know that it's not New York City because Nancy and her friends travel there all the time, and that's where Aunt Eloise lives. Um, we know that it's not the South because Nancy, again, takes road trips to the South that take a significant amount of time. So it's, you know, any anywhere in there. Um, anywhere could be that. By this point, um, judging by the way that the... Th- that the scenery is described. Emerson College, which is where this one is set, is almost certainly located in the southern tip of Illinois, which makes sense with where they go with the series later, where River Heights is basically a suburb of Chicago. So I feel like they're kind of centrally locating it there, but, again, it's based... And I looked up maps, and I was like, okay, yeah, that's basically what this is giving. It's it's also giving, like, that it's very close to the border. So, hmm... It's fine. Um, This also picks up with what we were talking about, including the whistling bagpipes, when Ned is like, you have to get back for that thing in June for sex reasons. And Nancy's like, yes. And they just exchange knowing glances before he's like, and let me go do some light detective work. After my South America trip, where I may or may not have been involved in in overthrowing a government. I don't know. I have to write up my field report. Uh, (laughs) Again, do I want to believe that Ned was on the side of good in all of this? Of course I do. Is Ned ever established as a CIA agent in any of these books? Absolutely not. Does he say he's interested in going to the Secret Service? Of course he does. So, like, I'm connecting some dots is what I'm doing. But anyway, so it's fine. This book kicks off with Nancy and her friends showing up to check into their hotel room and the clerk being like, sorry, bye. And Nancy, like, what the... F- Do you know who I am? Like, she's very much giving "Do you know who I am. To the clerk, who was like, I'm sorry, it's, it's Emerson week and everybody's here. And I'm like, it's fucking mid-June. Like what the fuck are you doing? It's mm, it's mid-June. It's mid-June. They act like college students are there year-round, and that this is not unusual, and that taking summer classes is not, like, at all comment-worthy. It's, it's just real super weird, because Ned and his friends are like, we need to study for exams, and I was like, do you, though? Because you've been attending Emerson for, like, a solid 30 years at this point, so... Again, I'm thinking exam is euphemism for something else that, mm, I don't know. Anyway, so Nancy, Bess, and George are trying to check into the hotel. I feel like, and I'm not reaching too far on this, I feel like this book has an interesting amount of queer representation. And again, I'm not not stretching too hard to do this because there's some shit that's coded in here. And uh, George, as always... I was like, if ever there was a book that was like, you can read George's trans, this book is giving that. Um, But also, there's some other fun stuff happening. So, Ned shows up and is giving like zero description. You know how in some of these books, they're like, Nancy, who has Titian hair and is just rocking this kind of look. They're like, Ned is an attractive guy. And you're like, thank you for letting me just fill in whoever I want there. Could he be Idris Elba? Of course. Could he be Channing Tatum? Also, of course. Like, just whoever you feel like. Whoever you feel like just filling in there. Chadwick Boseman. Whoever. It's fine. Probably not, given everything else in the cover of this book, but I'm just saying. So, Ned says that he knows a place where Nancy and her friends can stay, which, again, is going to be kind of crowded because of all the shenanigans happening nearby, but, and I'm... I'm going to have to read aloud from parts of this book. One of the reasons that you should follow Nancy on Twitter, and I'm not saying there are many, is that occasionally I'll be reading the book and I'll have to take a picture of the book and post it because I'm dying. And this is one of those books. I posted like three things and I was like, oh, shit. Anyway, so this one is, um, that's like, oh, I found a room for you. I called the uncle of one of our young professors who, spoiler alert, never appears in this book. And I was like, is he real though? He lives a short distance out of town in a fine old house on Pine Hill. It's a big place with grounds that run down to the river. He's an elderly bachelor and has a housekeeper. And I was like, elderly bachelor is setting off some bells for me. Elderly bachelor. Um, are, are you saying what I think you're saying? Because, again, it's not out of the realm of any sort of possibility. But I'm also saying that if you're an elderly bachelor, me reading you as queer is not that far out of the ballpark is he ace it's possible is he gay also possible any of those things but what i'm saying is he's probably not straight um he also collects coins um his name is john rorick but everyone calls him uncle john and i was like who is everyone he likes young people and we fellows go there often. And I was like, again, this is like the, he's, he is your queer elder who was like, I'm just here to, um, run a little boarding house sitch. And when you need to get off campus for reasons, wink, come on over. The, the thing that's giving this to me the most is when they show up to to find their bedrooms. Um, Bess and George are given one bedroom, and Nancy's given Nancy takes the smaller one, of course, because she's staying by herself. And I was like, and also because Ned's gonna be visiting. But the bedrooms have a connecting door. And I was like, Again, are are we saying this is like a Jack and Jill sitch where you've got a bathroom in the middle, or are we saying that this is like plausible deniability? I got questions. So many questions. Anyway. So, Bess is like, oh my god, we're gonna stay there? Yes, Uncle John was eager to have you girls as guests when I told him that Nancy is an amateur detective with two fine assistants. Queer things have been happening out there lately. And I was like, thank you for handing me that. Thank you. You know what I'm here for. Bess, of course, is immediately like, danger? And Nancy's like, danger? Because Aphrodisiac. Like, Nancy's here for it. Nancy's horny for mysteries at all times. Ned's like, all you have to do is catch the Phantom of Pine Hill. And and Bess is like, oh, no, no, we're not getting involved in that. But anyway, it's fine. They go up there. um, The pretty shade, tree-shaded little university town which lay at the end of a cove on a tributary of the Ohio River. And again, if you look up the Ohio River, then, anyway, um, they turned on a side road. They could see the water. June week. That's what they're here for, like, Emerson, June week, blah, blah, blah. Um, A pageant in the cove depicting the life of early settlers in the Ohio Valley. Bert and Dave and I will be in it. And I was like... Sure you will, because does someone have blackmail on you? I've I've got questions. Um Yeah, it's it's gonna be real real bad. Um the the Uncle John, who again you know. Um he's at a Georgian colonial house. The door was opened by a tall white haired man with bright blue eyes. Hello, Ned, this is my lucky day, a bevy of beautiful girl detectives and I was like, Oh god, you're you're giving it you're giving it." He's like, Uncle John, and this is Mrs. right? my my right-hand man. And I was like, again, I've got so many questions. It's fine. Um, And Nancy's like, she's just like Hannah. And I was like, is she or is she in drag? I'm fine with either. I'm fine with either of those things happening or both. It's fine. It's a fucking huge house. And the implications are given here that, like, when his family first settled here, they built this house. And I was like given everything, there's a fucking butler's pantry. So either y'all were royalty or y'all have built onto this house over time. I'm just, I'm just going to throw that out there. The room at the left of the hallway had a stout padlock on it. And I was like, for sex reasons, (laughs) she's like, was this because of the phantom? But again, phantoms can go through walls. So what the fuck would a phantom care about a padlock? Oh my God. So after they are shown to their rooms, which are of course adorable and colonial style. And I was like, of course they are. The subtext of this book is, how colonial can you be? Extremely is the answer to that. Um, Ned's like, I gotta go back because dancing, so I need to look pretty. And Nancy's like, I'll I'll take you back. And he's like, no, no, I'm gonna go catch a bus. You girls need to go ahead and get ready. It's fine. Um, I'll hop a bus at the next road. I was like, at least he's not hitchhiking because it's 1965 and they might never find that adorable corpse. Um, anyway, so again, the, the adjoining rear bedrooms, I was like, again, some, we're, we, we're working with plausible deniability here, anyway, um, Settler's Cove, because, again, we're gonna lean in real hard on this, um, a large grove of pine trees with sparkling water, in the 1700s, Mr. Rorick's ancestors came down the river on a flat boat and landed here, they put up their log cabin on Pine Hill because of the lovely view. Later, they built this house, and I was like, clearly, because there was no way that that went up in the 1700s, um, and across the cove were, was Emerson University, because they're like, guess what, bitches, we got master's degrees now, and also some doctorates, and I was like, of course, because Ned did all that, um, Mrs. Holman, who is the housekeeper, is like, now it's creepy, it used to be cute, now creepy, and Nancy's like, yeah, it's fine, there's, there's a person out there, and we're gonna find them, so, no judgment, Nancy's like, have you seen, and she's, the housekeeper's like, yes, I have seen the scary person who was out in the woods. And Nancy's like, again, it's it's a person. That's fine. They hang up their dresses. I was like, are we going like legit colonial where like you just got hooks to hang your shit on or it's fine. Uncle John, oh my God, our gay elder, um, is like here, sit on some tapestry chairs. So he says that uncle John says, he noticed that there was there were books out of place in the library. There was, so he put he made sure the windows were locked. He put a padlock on the door. The intruder keeps coming right in. So again, the padlock is clearly not achieving its purpose. And he's like, I'm gonna leave it on there though. And I was like, but the okay, okay, I don't, that's fine. Mrs. Holman thinks that it's a phantom who legit comes through the walls, which again, you've got a padlock on the door, so clearly the person is entering some other way, but it's fine. And Nancy of course is like, "Okay, are you keeping money in there?" And he's like, "Yeah, but I haven't missed any." And Nancy's like, "Uh-huh. Sure. The okay. No, no big deal. That's fine." So, the girls have to get ready for their party wearing pretty afternoon dresses, um, and then they go to the frat house, which has a gay chattering crowd, and I was like, again, um, <laughs> they got cool drinks, they're eating tiny sandwiches, I was like, how did, okay, it's fine, again, how are y'all getting some tiny sandwiches, it's fine, um, then Bert and Dave are there, are there of course, and again, there, there's some warm bodies to tackle people in the event, and also to pull pranks, those are their two roles, so, as usual, there's a thin young man of about 25 with a slightly sagging jaw which makes him sound like maybe he's had some Novocaine earlier in the day and wearing an ill-fitting waiter's coat came to the group carrying a tray of pink lemonade on the palm of one hand and grinning in a rather silly fashion at the guest as he reached nancy the glasses suddenly slid and they dumped all over nancy and ned's like what the fuck don't you watch what you're doing fred and he's like oh i'm sorry and nancy's like yeah i was wearing a white dress so i'm gonna need to go home Um, And he's like, yes, let's go home and get your clothes changed. And maybe, maybe, you know, just bang a little, just a little. Uncle John is there, of course. But again, I feel like Uncle John is probably fine with teenagers banging in his house. And he's like, oh my God, Fred Jenkins did it. Doesn't he work for you sometimes? And the housekeeper's like, yeah, he's clumsy, but I mean, it's fine. We just, we give him a job to do. The the weird thing here is that there's, and they say later in the text, they're like, yeah, he's like mm, slow occasionally. Sometimes he's fine, though, but we just give him odd jobs, and I was like, okay, I've got some questions, because we've got some disability issues happening here, but okay. Nancy goes upstairs to change her dress. She puts on a flowered print to look cute for Ned, and she's like, I think I'll wear my pearl necklace, and when she goes into where her jewelry box is, it's fucking gone. And Nancy's like, what the... F- did, did the phantom steal my fucking jewelry? Like, what the fuck? Next my engagement ring. <laughs> so, she goes downstairs and she's like, hey, bitches. um, Guess what? The phantom has not stopped at random cash, which you don't know about yet, but it's fine. Um, Mr. R- Uncle John is like, I will pay for a new necklace immediately. And I was like, oh. And Nancy's like, no, no, it's fine. It's insured. And I was like, again, you're talking legit shit, which... I'm like, all my shit is made out of plastic. But Nancy's like, no, no, th- this is real. I-, I probably dove for them myself. It's fine. Um, they go back to the party, which um, Ned's like, you've had a big day. And Nancy's like, I mean, I love it. Except my necklace being gone. That's not great. It's midnight before they get back home. And I was like, again, oh, all y'all just hanging out and banging. It's fine. Um, Nancy hears somebody walking around downstairs, goes downstairs to see if she can find anybody. Um, she, she hears something, but when she gets downstairs, she doesn't see anybody, and she goes into the, can't remember, I think that she goes throughout the house, the padlock is still on the door of the library, so she's like, well, clearly nobody broke in here, but she looks around, she doesn't see anything, though. Um, Uncle John is like, maybe you didn't, now, again, Nancy thinks that there's a secret entrance to the room, because clearly there's a fucking secret entrance to the room, like, there's no way that there's not. And so she's looking around the house, she's like tapping on paneling, she's like, something's going to sound hollow, or I'm going to find a device, or I'm going to find something, or it's going to be like in the Addams Family, where you select a book that has the word money in the title, and you do it, and you're going to get to the vault. But not so, like, everywhere she looks, she's like, I'm just not fucking finding it. So it's apparently very well hidden. So, the mystery of this, because there's always going to be another mystery, is Mr. Rorick, Uncle John, is like, there's some family history that might have something to do with this. Um, The lost gifts. My ancestor, George Rorick, came to this country. He brought a French bride with him, a young noblewoman. She kept in close touch with her family. And when her daughter Abigail was to be married, the relatives in France sent a chest of wedding gifts. But the steamship it came on had an explosion aboard fishy, and sank in the river not far from Settler's Clove, like, which is, like, right where his house is. A short time before, a letter and a key came to Abigail from her uncle in France. So the key is to open the box that contains the wedding gifts. So he brings back a letter which is dated 1835 written in French, and apparently some of the words are, like, the girls can't really decipher it that well because apparently some of the words are no longer in use, but anyway. There's an English translation on the back, and it's like, oh, we... We want your happiness in your wedding, and you're going to get a wedding dress, a veil, a fan, slippers, and a very special gift, asterisk, being shipped on a freighter, but should reach in plenty of time. Um, Abigail's uncle was, at the time, a member of the court of Louis-Philippe. Like, holy shit. The queen herself had selected the material for the gown and veil in Paris. The beautiful fan was a gift from her, and Nancy's like, son of a fucking bitch. Like, oh my god. Who would not want that? Um, they're like, who else knows about this? And Uncle John's like, um, mm." it was apparently on a ship named the Lucy Bell. Um, most of those aboard the cargo were lost. A few of the passengers and the crew were saved, but we don't know if the, if they took the, anything from the cargo or not by now, like, everything's probably buried in mud, because, again, it's a river, like, it's, anyway, it was fun, but Nancy's, like, it's possible that somebody, like, fucking scuba dive for it, and, and has pulled it up, and Uncle John's, like, "Uh, people pretty much forgotten about this shit, so, um, so they ask about, like, how it got there, so, like, why the fuck was it on a boat at all, and so Mr. Rourke's, like, they were shipped across the Atlantic on a ship, to Baltimore, then came by stagecoach to Pittsburgh and I'm like, How does he know the path It's fine, it's fine. Um then they were put on the Lucy Bell and came up the Ohio and into this tributary. So Abigail like found out about all this, but anyway, and Uncle John has to go to his own college's alumni weekend, and it's like, and now I'm gone by, and like gets in his car and goes, and his, it's like some distance away, like he's gonna be gone the entire fucking weekend, and he's like, I want you girls to stay here and solve the mystery of the phantom, who is just dipping in my shit in the library, which is where I keep my loose cash, because I don't believe in banks, uh- <laughs> He's so weird. Anyway, they go into the library, they look around. Nancy can't find anything that, like, necessarily tells her, like, oh, a secret passage or anything like that. But they do find out that any of the books in the room that have the word roar or a variation thereof in the title of it, he's been fucking storing money in. And whatever page number it's on is the amount of money in the book. So if it's like page 120, then it's $120 and like $20 bills and they're like, okay, so they leave it there, like, I think they kind of make an accounting, but that's pretty much it, um, then it's time to go back to the fraternity house for reasons, oh my god, um, so for the first time ever, Ned is doing crew, and you're like, of course he is, um, yeah, Emerson is being pitted against Wellbart, which I'm like, you just made up that word, it's fine, um, Ned Dickerson was stroke for Emerson. I have no fucking clue what that means other than that it sounds sexy and it probably isn't. So I don't know. Um, apparently they're like tied for something. I don't fucking care. They put on simple but attractive sports clothes. And I was like, of course he did. I love that you're leaving it vague enough that it could be fucking anything. They put on some leggings, some sport compression leggings, and also some sport bras and some acute, attractive colors, maybe neon. Um, everyone's a reading for Emerson. I went, of course I fucking are. You're at fucking Emerson. Anyway. Ned said to Nancy, if I don't get out of this noise, I won't have any energy left for the race. And I'm like, cause y'all need to bang, switch your tongue. Let's go out under the trees to eat because they're having a picnic lunch. I'm going to go get some plates of food from the kitchen. So they like have a little picnic, which is adorable. Ned's like, have you caught the ghost? He doesn't use that word. I'm not going to use the word he uses. He doesn't mean it in a bad way, but I'm just not going to use that word. Um, And Nancy's like, yeah, I think I heard the, whoever it is in the house last night, but I didn't catch him. And then, like, Fred is standing there, like, just behind the tree, like, being creepy. And Nancy's like, what the fuck? And and then Ned's like, what the fuck are you doing here? And Fred's like, I was just seeing if you needed some more food. And Ned's like, I'll go get some more food if we need it. You need to go the fuck back in the house. We have some making out to do before the race. So get the fuck out. And after he's gone, Nancy's like, yeah, I think it was eavesdropping. Because creepy pants. And Ned's like, yeah, he probably heard every fucking word he said. And he's going to tell everybody because he's a dipshit. So, Ned's like, I've got to go just for the race. And I was like, swimsuits? I don't, if, what the fuck do you wear for a crew? Like, a life vest? I don't fucking care. Anyway, everybody goes out. Ned's like, your seats are in the front row. I'll be listening for your cheering. Like, girl, you, you need to get out there and get some pom-poms. Get it. There's a band. I was like, of course, there's a fucking band. Oh, my God. Um... Bess is nervous, and I'm like, honey, you're fine. It's not like you, when you guys were actually legit sailing a boat, but it's fine. Okay, if you follow me on Twitter, you know that I was so overcome while reading this that I had to take pictures starting at this section. Oh, my God. Um, the Everybody sets off. There was a pistol. Everybody's watching. It's amazing. Nancy's shouting Ned's name because she's like, come on, you can do it. Come on, come on. Everyone's screaming. Oh, Ned, Nancy cried out, and I was like, hell yes, you did. Everything about this scene is reading is things you're going to be doing in the bedroom later. Um, Get ahead, get ahead. And I'm like, "Uh uh-huh, get on it, get on it, y'all. It looks like they're even. Nancy's heart was thumping madly. The excited girl was almost too choked to breathe and cry out anymore. You know it, bitch. She dug her nails into the palm of her hands and never took her eyes off Ned. To herself, she said, stroke, stroke, you've got to win. And I was like, yes, you're just reenacting what y'all did the night before. Mm, Okay. Suddenly, they both went across the finish line, and of course, Emerson won, because oh my god, of course they did. Um, Ned comes in like half an hour later after he's been like moshing through the crowd, and he's like, that was a tough one, I loved it, mm, Nancy, let's get in the canoe. <laughs> and she's like, hell yeah, I've been screaming your name, let's, let's go make it real, let's go do this. Um, so he wants to actually take her out to where the ship supposedly sank. Um, Nancy offers to paddle, but Ned's like, No, I'm fine. Like, after that race, psh, this is fine. Um, Ned remembers that he was in the library and he heard two people like just fucking eavesdropping, or not eavesdropping, actually. Ned was kind of eavesdropping. They were looking around and he heard them say something about the Rorik treasure and he was like, Hmm, hmm. Why y'all going after our queer elder? Anyway. Um, so Nancy's like, did you take notice of who they were? And Ned's like, "Mm, not really. Like, they weren't near me, but, um, they were looking at something about riverboats. And Nancy's like, yeah, they're fucking looking up this shit. It could be that they're looking for the boat. And that's why they're out there because the boat sank near there. So that makes some sense. So, um, then he, uh, Ned's like, can I give you some random trivia about pieces of eight? And Nancy's like, fuck yes, you can. And they talk about... The Ohio River Valley, they talk about the gold rush in 1948. They talk, and then, um, let's see, one more story. The Indians, again, that's the word that they're using in text. Uh, here we're fearful that the white men would take away all their territory, which, as it turns out, was a thing that they should have. So they raided and burned settlements. It was not until the American army took over that the raids were stopped around 1794. And I was like, I like how precise you're being. It's like, I looked this up in an encyclopedia before visiting with you. Um, they see something like reflecting up among the trees and Nancy's like, that's fucking binoculars. Somebody's fucking spying on us. And I was like, y'all need to make out, make them embarrassed. Maybe take some clothes off. I don't know. Um, then they are on motorboat and somebody fucking runs down the canoe. They have to jump into the water, of course, to get out of there. And Nancy's like, did they see us? I don't know. Ned's like, do you think they did it on purpose? And Nancy's like, uh, maybe, maybe. So, of course, they're, like, dripping wet, and she feels cold, and so they go up to the house, um, to change clothes, because, of course, they're very close to Uncle John's house, and you're like, uh-huh, uh, Nancy goes to change clothes, because, of course, she's got clothes upstairs, and Ned has to change clothes, and some of Uncle John's clothes, and I was like, again, are they gonna be, like, half flamboyant? I don't know, anyway, so they borrow a paddle so that they can get it, um, Mr. Rorick certainly went in for vivid sports clothes. I was like, "You're telling me a lot." I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down. I'm getting it. <clears throat> so they go back through the woods. <clears throat> um, they don't see any sign of who they were, anybody they could have really been looking for. Um, but she sends Ned back, and she's like, "Okay, I'll, um, you know, we'll get back together at the dance tonight." So she does find some small sized shoe marks that she's like, maybe this is when they're from, but I don't know. And then when she's walking back through the woods, like this piece of paper, like floats down from the trees and it has two enormous thumbprints on it. And Nancy's like, what the fuck could this mean? And I was like, I don't know. A cop in a tree that's just like, maybe if I drop some thumbprints, something will happen. I don't know. Nancy's like, what the fuck is this? She picks it up with a handkerchief and she's like, what the fuck is this shit? Anyway, and Bess is like, that's fucking creepy. What the fuck? And I was like, it is creepy, but also it's just, like, bizarre. It it doesn't make any sense. It's just real, real weird. Okay. They get dressed. As usual, Bess had chosen a fluffy dress with a full skirt. What color is it? You don't deserve to know. George's pale green silk was quite simple and fitted her boyish figure admirably. And I was like, again, you're giving trans? And I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Like, her boyish figure her boyish figure, I, I like, I just looked at that for a hot minute, and I was like, mm-hmm. Nancy was wearing a yellow linen formal, embroidered in white, with birds and flowers, it was a one-piece dress with a slightly full skirt, it, she secretly hoped that Ned would like it, he had never seen it, and I was like, y'all been going out for 30 years, and I love that you're like, I'm I'm putting the spice back in this relationship, on the regular, so I'm gonna wear this cute dress, and see if he likes it, mm-hmm, yes, Fred Jenkins is downstairs, and he's like, oh, my God. He stared at her in complete astonishment and admiration. Miss Nancy looked positively super. He lets go of a vase of flowers he's carrying and crashes to the floor. He looked down in dismay. See what you made me do? You shouldn't be so beautiful. You take my mind off my work. And I was like, Nancy is going to recover consciousness in the trunk of this fucker's car. That is what he is giving. He is giving stalker. And Nancy's like, oh, I'm sorry that I'm so pretty that it made you drop your shit. What the fuck? What the fuck? Anyway, Fred, we see you, and we know that you are plotting some kidnappings. We understand. We're here for it. We're not. We're here to bust you. It's fine. So um, the housekeeper comes in and like, that was one of my gay employer's favorite vases. You go sweep that shit up. Vases? Vases. It's fine. He's like, I couldn't help it. I'm a dipshit. And the housekeeper's like, yeah, he is. Like, it's fine. Nancy's like, does he know about the Phantom? And the housekeeper's like, Psh, I'm sure he would leave, but it's fine. Nancy goes around. She's tapping on stuff, trying to find some more of the, some sort of way that somebody is getting into that room, but she's really not finding anything. And she's like, it's got to be, it's it's got to be the Phantom. Nancy opens up one of the books that she knows some money is in and notices that, there had been $140 in there, and now there's, there's there were $150, now there's $140, so somebody has been, like, very slowly, carefully stealing small amounts of money, and of course, you would just chalk it up to, oh, I forgot, and they had moved it to the proper place, so it, like, it's not gonna seem weird, so they figured out that shit, so. So, that's fun, um, Nancy's like, this, this is not great. She also asks if she can borrow the key to the door for the night because she tells the housekeeper that maybe after everybody goes to bed, she might want to stay in there and see what happens. And it's partially because she's like, the housekeeper is like the best suspect here. She loves her. She's like, she, she's giving Hannah, but also like, she's got a key to the fucking door. It makes sense for her to be like, Oh, I've seen a ghost. And I think the ghost is doing it. And it's her the whole time. And so Nancy's like, let me borrow the key. And she's like, Oh, that's fine. And Nancy's like, okay, if I come back and everything seems to be in order, then that kind of, like, clears her from her, from being a person who was involved in this. They go over to the Omega House, of course. They go to the gymnasium. Everything is fine. Um, there's, they have broiled chicken, mashed potatoes, fresh peas, salad, and ice cream and cake. And I was like, sure, that's fine. No big. Nancy's dancing with Ned. um, She's like, I don't know the housekeeper, and he's like, I don't think it's her. And Nancy's like me either, but I want to go ahead and like eliminate her from the plan. And Nancy's like, I am gonna stay up in the library tonight and see if anybody comes in. And Ned's like, That sounds dangerous. Why don't I come with you? And Nancy's like, Um, well, I don't know. Like, if Bess and George aren't involved, then they might get. Sad that they're being excluded, and it's like, I'll talk to them. And I'm like, cause we need some alone time in that library, which has some rugs and also some conveniently placed furniture. Um, Bess is like, No, I'm fine with him being there because he is a man and he might tackle people. So let's do this. And then George is like, That's fine, and but she has a look in her eye, and Nancy's like, Oh shit, she's gonna pull some shit. So they finally get home in the small hours of the morning, like a Frank Sinatra song. Um, Bess is like, let's have a snack. And so she scrambles some eggs and makes toast and cocoa. And I was like, sure, why not? It's fine. Um, Dave and Bert also come to this event, but they, they're like their a snack and some light making out. And then they go home. Ned gets to stay. I was like, fuck yeah, you do. You know it. She goes through and she sees that, um, yeah, the Phantom has been there, but, Ms- but the housekeeper has been out. So she's pretty sure that it's not. Um, cause apparently she was called away to the hospital because, um, there was something about like some, somebody had an accident. She had to go take care of some kids and blah, blah. It's fine. Um, yeah. And then Ned's like, what if there's another key to this padlock? And Nancy's like, that's also not great because what the fuck? Like, how are we going to know anything? So Nancy's like, okay, well let's just call him and see if he's got an extra key to the padlock and make sure that he's actually at this college reunion that he said he was at. So that's fine. Um, they see a light out in the woods, Nancy and Ned do, and you're like, of course you do, and they run outside to go see who it is, when all of a sudden somebody throws a pillowcase over Ned's head, because, of course, Bess and George are like, Haha, we're gonna play sleepover pranks, and maybe spin the bottle, I don't know, and, of course, like, by the time Nancy and Ned are like, what the fuck is going on, and everything gets cleared up, the light is gone, so, yeah, Ned's like, I'll stay over, though, let me go sleep in uncle john's room and i was like mm-hmm, "Mm-hmm, and he's like we've got a we've got a pageant rehearsal in the morning and i'm like of course you do uh, pageant pageant rehearsal yeah it's fine um they decide to take all the money out of the books um <laughs> they're like clearly the phantom is able to get in here we don't know how so it doesn't make any sense whatsoever for us to leave money in these books knowing that it's gonna get fucking taken out of here so they take all the books uh, all the money out of the books and they are like let's ask him what to do with it like does he want us to hide it in the house does he want us to deposit it at the bank or what so um she calls him uh, uncle john and he's like oh i'm been, I'm having a great time with the people at my fraternity and she's like uh-huh oh, i see you getting you know, all those old queens it's fine honey um somebody's been stealing money out of your books and so she asks him what to do with it and he's like take it to the college bursar and that person will hold on to it for me and I was like what the fuck sure but apparently he's a really good friend of his and they've got a safe or whatever the fuck so it's like yeah it's fine he's white hand me that money it's fine so she gets a receipt of course um, she asks about, she goes to the library to ask about the same book that Ned saw those other people, like, checking out. And the librarian's like, fuck no, we don't have anything like, that's going to actually help you. But there's somebody who lives near her name, Mrs. Palmer, who is super into old history. So go talk to her. So she's in her 80s, which means that um, she would have been born in, like, the 1880s around. Cool. She's small, white hair, white, super white, so, so white. Um, and then they ask about Lucy Bell. Um, rumor has, there were two things of particular value. One was the roar it gives. The other was a shipment of gold coins for the bank in Emerson. <laughs> there was a great effort on the part of the local citizens at the time to retrieve the box of coins. But if anyone found them, it was not reported. No, it never got to the bank. So, Nancy's like, interesting. So, there's like two things that people might have been after. They might have been diving for it to see. Um, there's another rumor that a couple of crewmen had caused the explosion, stole the gold coins, and taken off in a boat. And they're like, do you know who that Um, but she doesn't really know. Um, she also said that, let me relate what I've been told about the Indian raids. The old town of Emerson was plundered and burned several times, but the inhabitants loved it enough to rebuild it. And Nancy asks if there are any of the families, like the founder families still around there. And she's like, yeah, she says that, um, Mrs. Palmer... And Mr. Rourke are the only two decisions left of the original settler stock, but they helped build the university, so there's that. Um, And then they go to, I think, well, it's, the pageant's about to happen soon, like Ned was going for the, to rehearse. Then George is like, let me just throw shade about your diet, best and I'm like, just shut the fuck up, which I think is, like, practically the only place in this book that this happens. It's like, it, it's as though this is a checkbox that they have to mark off where it's like, George gives best shit about not saying on a diet, so it's fine. They go into the library. Everything is on the floor because of clearly the phantom saw that all the money had been taken out of the books and was like, fuck this shit and just trash the room. So, when they look through the room, which, again, is trashed, um, they see that another one of those fucking pieces of paper with the giant thumbprints is on it, um, and then they call the police, who, again, the housekeeper has called the police and been like, somebody's just coming into the house and just moving shit, and they were like, sure, old lady, but now Nancy's like, look, fuckers, somebody's been coming into the house, and they trashed this room, and they've been stealing cash, and so the the chief is like, okay, we'll actually investigate that shit, so good for y'all, um. They took Nancy's fingerprints to eliminate her when they were trying to investigate the theft of the necklace. So there's that. Um, and, of course, they take the thumbprints that are on that piece of paper just to see if, how those are. The chief is also like, change the fucking padlock. And they're like, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> He's like, make sure that no one else has the key to it, fuckers. But anyway. Um, so they go to the the largest hardware store the lock is the very latest model and positively could not be opened except with the proper key and he nancy's like not even by locksmith and the guy's like uh i mean yeah damn it (laughs) nancy's like no it's fine so they install it they make sure that there's uh, the housekeeper keeps one key and then nancy keeps the other key and hides it and i was like again i don't really recommend that you hide shit but it's fine um, they make lunch. Fred Jenkins comes in and he's like, I want to see the pageant too, so I'm going to work fast. And you're like, yeah, you fucker. Like he's, every time he goes toward the library, which again, they're like, yeah, you need to like, just shut the fuck up. They're like, he's fucking nosy. Um, the chief is like, yeah, we don't know whose thumbprints sees more on this piece of paper, but we don't have them in our system. So that's cool. Bess is looking around at some of the old books and she finds an article about the Lucy Bale and it's got, um, survivors. It's got, like, a list of the people who came out of it. Um, it doesn't really talk about the cargo. It just talks about the boat itself and Nancy's like, hmm, maybe one of the descendants of these survivors of the boat crash is looking for the treasure. That could make some sense because maybe they had, like, something passed down that would help. Mrs. Palmer's like, that makes some sense, and so she looks it up, and she finds that there are some people, um, two people, actually, who are from the Omega house, so Neds fraternity, who had people around there, and of course, they're probably going to be back for June week, because that's, like, the big thing, the big orgy, so it's like, maybe they can help us, so they say, yeah, they kind of know about that, but they don't really have any, like, helper, not really any knowledge that's going to help with, out with that, not really, Ben said that he found out, he heard that his forebears survived the shipwreck. Oh, of course. Only to be massacred later with some of the other survivors near the Indian village. He had left his wife and son in Pittsburgh, but afterward they came here to visit relatives and remained. Um, Killed by Indians. How awful, exclaimed Bess. The white men must have provoked them, Ben said. Except for this one incident, they were friendly with the settlers at that time. Okay, I'm going to pause here. When I look this shit up, if you look at like the southern tip of Illinois, then you have the Chicksaw you have the Chickasaw tribe. Above that, like, for Illinois, you have, basically, the Confederated, there were, like, 12 tribes that had settled in in what is now present-day Illinois at that time, um, which weren't, had been, like, fucking wiped out by sickness and interacting with settlers and all sorts of stuff, so, like, if you go by the Chickasaw, if you go by them, yeah, they basically, like, weren't gonna come at you, um, There's pretty much no one left. Like, everybody got Trail of Tears... Everyone got genocided. So you're you're gonna have the set little, you're gonna have the settlements. You're gonna have like the remains of that. Like there's some parts in this book where Nancy and her friends come across arrowheads. They come across. Um, uh, there's some fucked up shit that's gonna happen later, but like they're not there anymore, and it's really fucking weird. And I do like that. It, that at least somebody's saying like, well, they had to have been provoked, and they had been provoked in the past. So at least there's that. But it's it's real fucked up. Like it's just. Yeah, if they massacred them, they, it was for a reason. And again, it's a rumor. Like, ah. Uh, and of course, we don't have the internet. It's fine. Um, Tom mentions that some of the college guys have looked for the gold coins, and Ben has come with him just to see if they can find it. And they haven't found any trace of the ship. They're like, maybe we've never found like the actual place that we should be doing. Nancy asks if there's a place to rent scuba equipment, and they're like, yeah. So okay. Then the fucking pageant. <laughs> there's a succession of floats showing how Emerson had developed from a wilderness into a university town. So they got flatboats on which the earliest merchants had sent their goods up the, into the wilderness territory. Then keelboats called barges, which ran on regular schedules as so the population increased. And then Bert's playing a bearded captain. Um, and then there's a little forge. So Dave is there, like, with an ark full of animals. It's so bonkers. There's one showing, a, there's another riverboat showing salt. There's another one with a church, another one with an early school building. The last number was an elaborate one. On a disreputable shanty boat stood a crude shack. Through a large window and a scene lighted by old-fashioned lanterns, a miser could be seen. He was seated at a table counting a large heap of coins. I was like, yeah, the, you're painting a, a vivid picture with this incredibly elaborate flute. Trailing the shanty boat was a large canoe, like, they use a different word that I can't pronounce. The dugout was filled with Indians, and Ned was playing the part of their chief, because we couldn't go another page without just being weird. As the boats neared the seated spectators, Ned and his party sneaked aboard the shanty boat, robbed the miser of his coins, and tossed the man into the water, which, mm, I don't think, like, I thought all these were, like, roads, no, no, okay, they are actually on the shore. So these are actually like floats going down the river. I, I had imagined it like an actual parade float where it's on the road, but no, apparently they were going down the river. Um, then the canoe comes up to the shore and Ned fucking kidnaps Nancy, which the first time I read this, I was like, I'm dying because I love this so fucking much. Um, but I mean, he, it's bad. Um, Ned leaves out giving a war whoop and you're like, of course, rushed up to Nancy, scooped her up in his arms and raced back to the canoe with her. Ned, stop it. Nancy cried in embarrassment. Stop it. She tried to struggle free, but Ned's Indian companions helped hold her and paddled off quickly. And you're like... So much drama. Uh, the crowd is like, oh, of course, they're kidnapping Nancy. This is clearly part of the program. And Nancy's like, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, big chief take pretty maiden to treasure spot. And I was like, again, you didn't have to fucking do that. Y'all, y'all. Anyway, and then Ned's like, oh, no, it's, I found another clue. And there's like a big tree trunk involved. And apparently that could be related to where it is. So, yeah. So Ned's like, we're going to be taking exams next week. So, like... Yeah, you guys need to stay and, and help us find the treasure, and it's going to be fine. So, they found the pine tree, um, and they started digging, and they couldn't really find anything. <laughs> that felt really sad. Um, they found an anchor, but Nancy's like, mm, that's, that's too small. That's too small. Ned feels bad because he's like, I, I thought we were going to solve the mystery, and Nancy's like, it was cool. I enjoyed being kidnapped by Indians, and you're like, "Oh." Ah! And it has given me an idea. And Ned's like, I hope it did. Because, oh my god. His, he and his friends were a sorry looking sight. They were just covered in mud. And their wigs, if they had not removed them, were askew. <laughs> Nancy's like, this is hilarious. So she decides to go back to the house. Because they're close to Mr. O'Rourke's house, of course. And then she asks Ned to take the car keys back to Bess and George. So that they can get, to, get back to the house. And Ned's like, you'll be safer if I go with you. And I was like, you want to bang? Like hmm, the Phantom may be spying on you again. So he hands the keys to one of the other boys and says, take that to Bess and George. And they're like, yep, got it. And I was like, yeah. So Nancy's like, I've been thinking about what we know about what was going on at the time. And she's like, okay, there were probably, there's probably an Indian settlement near here. Some of the Indians might have found the loot washed ashore. And if so, maybe they take it back to their village. And so Nancy's like, I'm going to try to find a map of this area and see if there's an Indian village marked on it so that I can go check it out. So she's like, I'll check in Uncle John's library because he seems to have a bunch of stuff that would be related to that. Um, And Ned's like, please let me come with you when you go digging because I want to help you. So not tonight, but you know, whatever. So it's fine. Then they hear a a random scream from out in the woods. They can't find anything. And when they go back to the library, everything is thrown on the floor again. And I will have you remember that as the chief of police said, they have replaced the padlock on the door. So clearly some fucker is getting in in a way that is not the door. And Nancy's like, son of a bitch. But she does find a map that gives her an indication as to where the settlement would be. So there's that. Um, Bess and Georgia like come in at that point. They're like, son of a bitch. We had no idea what the fuck was going on, Ned. And he's like, I mean, maybe I wanted to get married. (laughs) Anyway. Ned does his, like, I'm going to pretend to be Indian for a minute. And you're like, shh. Anyway, that's fine. So, he's Ned's like, okay, let's go after chapel tomorrow to where you've got the Indian settlement on the map. And Nancy's like, that sounds fantastic. And you're like, chapel. Anytime anybody in a book says chapel, I'm like, for wedding reasons? But anyway, so... Nancy sits down to study the map. There's going to be an Omega dinner dance because, of course, like, every fucking day they have to go to the Omega house. Um, Nancy's just, like, thinking really hard about everything. She's the first one dressed. Um, A pale green two-piece with a slightly full skirt. It was quite, quite plain except for an intriguing geometric design and brilliant colors embroidered on one side of the sleeveless blouse. The trimming reached from the shoulders to the waistline. Bess and George look equally attractive. Bess and paint George wearing a black chiffon with a pearl necklace and earrings. And I was like, again, mm, mm, mm." okay. Anyway, um, their dates whistle at them and they're like, y'all are gorgeous. Mm." The fun did not stop until chime sounded announcing dinner. So, um, everybody's there. All the uh, Omega house, like president, vice president, all the members of the fraternity, everybody is up there. So, the president is up there talking. and He's like, we're going to have a little business meeting, a special business meeting. Um, they've apparently raised enough money to start building a new house. So that's cool. And Nancy's like, what's the big secret? Is a is big secret that y'all are about to build a new house? And it's like, I don't, I don't have no fucking clue. Um, then they decided that they want to announce the new members for the coming year, because, of course, this is June, so for the next school year, and so he reads off the names of the people. He doesn't reveal any of them, and the last one is like, the president, there was only one dissenting vote from Ned, and Ned is the next president of the Omega Chi Chi. I'm sorry, I think it's actually Chi. Every time I see it, I pronounce it Chi. Epsilon Fraternity of of Emerson University, and Nancy's like, oh my god, honey, oh my god, like hand him some roses she did not know about this she's super excited for him she grabbed his hand and kissed him and you're like yes oh my god um Ned is stunned everybody's like give a speech and he's like you caught me off balance it's gonna be really hard to do this I'm you know I'll try really hard don't make it too rough for me Um, There'll be private induction ceremonies next week. Nancy was wondering about the private induction. This was one thing she would never learn about. She knew, but it would be a memory Ned would cherish all his life. She herself was bursting with pride as everyone in the room rushed up to shake Ned's hand and wish him well. By the time they finished, he was blushing over the compliments. The thing that I fucking love about this is that, like, this is Ned's thing. Like, this is what he has, is he is the guy at Emerson. He is that guy. And so, Nancy's just like, I love this. I love this for him. He is like, worked his ass off for 30 years. He deserves this shit. Like, she loves it. Like, she's there to support him. She's not, like, bitter over it or anything. It's kind of like the reason that I love their relationship so much is because like Ned is so supportive of her and wants her to do well. And she's so fucking supportive of him in general for most of these books. And so you're like, yes, I love it. And also like the whole, he's going to treasure these memories for the rest of his life. Like the implication there that's not really stated is that she's going to be around for that. Like she's never going to know about it. Because she's going to be around him, like, while he's president and afterward and all this stuff. And she's like, this is a thing that is his. And, you know, I'm really happy for him. Anyway. Anyway. So, I love it. I love, like, this this implication that they're like, if we're not married, we may as well be. So, there's that. Um, the wonderful evening lasted very late. But early the next morning, Nancy was awakened by a knock on her door. I was like, I love that you're like, did y'all bang? You know 100% y'all banged. You know it. Mm. Anyway, so she's just so happy for him. There's a note that was shoved under the door that says, go home at once, danger from the phantom. And Nancy's like, fuck you, bitch. So whoever did this? Again, this is the day that after chapel, they're going to go investigate what has been marked on the map as an Indian settlement. Again, asterisk. Anyway, they go to get dressed so that they can go to, well, they actually get dressed to go searching for stuff before they go to chapel so Nancy goes down and she's like okay the only place I haven't really looked is the cellar to see if there's some sort of secret passage in the cellar she goes downstairs and she finds a door that's like basically been not like bricked over but it's been unused it's like clearly out of use and it's not even like a real it's one of those things where you like basically propped up some some wood against something she can't find any secret passage, but she sees that door, and she's like, well, let me just see if, like, this is the way that the Phantom's been getting into the house. And the door fucking decks her. Like, she pulls so hard that it fucking decks her. And so she's laying on the ground, she's like, son of a bitch. Like, she passes the fuck out. Bess and George are like, where's Nancy? And so they finally find her in the cellar, like, pass the fuck out with this heavy door on top of her. And they're like, son of a bitch. They call a doctor. Like, and it actually takes them a really long time to get into the cellar because the door into the cellar had swung shut around the same time. Nancy didn't notice it, but, like, there's a bar over it, and so the bar had fallen into place. So, so they, like, fucking saw through the door. <laughs> they try to, and then they get an axe and, like, basically, like, break the fucking door down to get in there so that they can find her. Um, they're like, what the, did the fanner do it? And they're like, no, there, it wasn't anybody like that. They call a doctor within 15 minutes Dr. Smith arrived and with him Ned Nickerson whom he had called knowing that Ned was a special friend I was like so you call a doctor and you're like hey Nancy Drew has probably been concussed and he's like let me call her a longtime companion slash we all know y'all married oh my god Ned rushed up to Nancy Luke, a look of deep concern on his face thank goodness you weren't killed he exclaimed I was like y'all need to do it so that she will feel better y'all need some comfort sex Dr. Smith came to the girl's side. Oh, Tush, Miss Drew looks far from killed. How many killed people y'all been running over? He insisted that Nancy go upstairs. And he's like, you need to take it easy for the rest of the day. I was like, because of the baby she's carrying. Um, And he's like, no, no, just like light meal. Just rest. It's going to be fine. Just let her sleep. It's fine. So... Like, the daughter's basically like, you are not going to fucking go look at old Indian settlements today. That would be for a tomorrow thing for you. So, anyway, they go out there, and they actually do find, like, like lumps on the ground. They're like, maybe these are burial spots. We don't know. It could be that this has got related to it. So, they look around, and they're like, maybe there's, like, a sacred place here that, that would be a place where they would bury stuff to keep other people away from it. And then all of a sudden, Fred Jenkins pops up, and he's like, oh, I've got a message for you, Nancy. And Nancy's like, really? And it says, it's a badly spelled message, because Fred, again, is a dipshit. I need you at home at once. Hannah Green is very ill. And Nancy's like, no, Hannah is ill. Let me go back home. And, like, very obviously, looking at her friends. So Fred's like, oh, okay, I, I'm sure you would want to go home. I'm hope, I am hope she gets better soon. And so Nancy's like, fuck this shit, I'm going to call home. So she calls home, and Hannah's like, hey, what's up? And Nancy's like, so you're not sick? And Hannah's like, why would I be sick? Nancy's like, okay, that's what I thought. So they head back out there to where they had been digging, because Nancy's like, I'm pretty sure that was just a distraction to get us away from here. So, yeah. And like, the thing is that like, Fred is, Fred had been doing housework and had run off and had not returned. And he's like, she just, he just left everything in the middle of the floor that little bitch. So they go back and he's like, I think we're going to find where somebody else has been digging. They actually get up there and they notice that there's somebody nearby and he's running away as fast as he can. And they're like, what the fuck? It's, um, a dude. And I don't think that they can see enough of him. He's a rather slight man of medium height and had dark, thinning hair. And Nancy's like, hmm, could he be the one with the footprints? Um, But anyway, he gets in a rowboat and rows the fuck away from them. And they're like, son of a bitch. We don't know. Um, They go searching the holes. They don't find anything. Um, But, oh, I'm sorry. That's not true. They search in the holes to see if maybe they had dug up something and run away. But they don't find anything that way. Bess, however, decided to dig, like, five feet away. And she looks over. And she had found a fucking human skull. George is like, hi birds, you dug up a grave. And Nancy's like, yeah, yeah, that's not great. Nancy's like, let's dig some more and see if there's a body. And Bess is like, how about I get the fuck away from here? I am not here for this shit. So Nancy and George get in the fucking hole, very carefully unearth a fucking skeleton. And Nancy's like, it's an Indian. All right. Because it's got a beaded anklet. And George is like, I wonder if somebody else has looted this grave. Like, if there was other jewelry, because that's all I'm finding. And he's just like, yeah. I, I think somebody else has already dug this up. And they kind of, like, reinterred it, but badly. So, they fucking call. Well, they can't call from there, of course. There are no cell phones. They go back to the house. And they don't want to, like, disturb it. So they And I'm like, you fucking did, though. Like, the second you found a fucking skull, you should have walked away. But anyway, um, they call the university, and they're like, hey, um, we found an Indian skeleton, just saying, so a professor comes out, a newcomer to Emerson, and an authority on Indian history, he had been planning a dig on that site, and you girls have beat me to it, they get a special stretcher out, put the fucking skeleton on it, and fucking take it, back to Emerson, and Bess is like, I'm glad that's over, and I was like, okay, 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 pause, first off, I don't even fucking care that somebody else had already disturbed that grave. You put that skeleton back, son of a bitch. Like, why are you, mm. second of all, all of what I just said, but more vehemently and with more cursing, like, oh my God. But I mean, I get for, seriously, when I would have been reading this at like fucking eight years old, I would have been like, oh my God, yes, put that, put that skeleton in a museum. And now I'm like, no, no don't put that skeleton, no, it's like if somebody dug up one of, like, my grandma, no, no, you're not putting her in a fucking museum, put her back in the ground, mm. well, only one of them, the other one is, let's see, um, so, Bess is like, maybe we should go get some food, like, I've recovered from the skeleton incident, let's go get some food, <laughs> but anyway, They do look around and they find a cave. Um, Nancy's like, maybe they used a cave for doing things. They find a little arrowhead. Um, George is like, this is called a bird point. It may have been used for hunting birds. And I was like, adorable. Y'all just read the encyclopedia for fun. They do find like a little niche and Nancy pulls out a piece of ribbon and on it was the word bell in like tarnished gold. Nancy's like, a ribbon from a hat from the Lucy Bell. That's cool. And, but they don't find anything else in the cave that's really helpful. So there's that okay so they decide to head back and when they go up to they see somebody in a rowboat and when they go up to the shore to see if they can see them better like the shore fucking crumbles under them nancy and george um bess backs up because she's like fuck no like if they get hurt i need to be able to get away from this so i can go get help and she goes down there and manages to like help them up there okay but like again Bess in times of crisis her impulse to get the fuck away from it is a good one uh So, they go out to the boarding house where Fred lives, and they find out that Fred lives with his dad, who meets the description of the random dude that they saw digging slash getting into the rowboat, and they're, the landlord is like, so what, what are you looking for Fred for? Because three cute girls are looking for him, and Nancy's like, oh, we just wanted to give him a job, like, my car needs to be washed, I don't know, that's fine, but they do see a guy come out of there that looks like the guy that they saw and they're like, okay, that's, that's his dad. So, but they don't see where he's going. They're like, he seems guilty, but of what? Um, they go back, they go back home. Um, and then they have an evening out because of course they're dating the boys and to get them away from studying for their exams. And when they get back home, Nancy's car is fucking gone. Like, it, she's like, I left it here. Like, apparently they went with, there were, like, fucking, was it four couples? I think it ended up being four couples because Chuck Wilson and his date were coming too. So, they had to rent, like, a fucking SUV. Even an SUV would not cover this. That, what do they need? Like, a, a double station wagon? Holy fuck. Anyway, so, um, they, Nancy calls cops and is like, hey, my car has been stolen. So, y'all need to get on this. The next morning, um, a few minutes later, Nancy was thanking Ned for the fun-filled evening. Uh, the next morning, the housekeeper's like, "Hey, your car's back," and Nancy's like, "Son of a bitch!" And she goes downstairs and she's like, "Son of a, my car's back! Holy shit!" So she calls the cops and she's like, "Y'all are amazing. I'm gonna send you a fruit basket." And they're like, "We haven't found your car." And Nancy's like, well, "Then why the fuck is it here?" So she goes out to her car. The key is not in the ignition. It's not there. Um, but it's been freshly washed and she's like, what the f did, did that dip shit steal my car, wash it and bring it back? Mm. So she goes back in the house and when Fred comes in and he's like, did you take my car and wash it? And he's like, yeah, I think you were surprised. And she's like, yeah, yeah um, I didn't know you were going to steal my fucking car. What? And he's like, I thought you wanted me to wash it. He's like, yeah, you left keys in it. And Nancy's like, I did not. Like, she doesn't say it, but she's just staring at him like, bitch, we both know you're lying. So. And he's like, no, the key was in it. So I guess the phantom left it in there. And Nancy's like, sure. I might show you. And he's like, I did it because you're cool. And I was like, again, you're going to kidnap her ass. It's fine. I'm sorry I frightened you. No, you're not. No, you're not. It's fine. So, um they go back in the library they see that there's like little bits of grass on the floor and he's like okay so the fun thing is that I think that this is actually yeah um Uncle John comes home and he goes into the library and he's like son of a bitch he opens up the fucking safe and he's like all the money that was in the safe is gone and his fucking coin collection he goes into a lot of description of it it was almost priceless. No, he says it was priceless. He was like it's very valuable. Um there were like collectors books. I don't think he even like knows how many there were. He doesn't even have a list. He's like Nancy's like what are some of the ones? I had some that were minted before Christ. Um, there was one that was mentioned in 350 bc in carthage there was another one 410 bc like all this stuff and so nancy's like how much are we talking and he's like this one coin was worth $2,500 there was another one worth $7,500 like nancy's like son of a fucking bitch and everyone's like oh the housekeeper's like, I'm going to cry. And you're like, yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, they, the cop sent another detective out, and he's like, son of a bitch. Um, do you have a list? And he's like, I've been working on one. Nancy's like, okay, so the safe was cracked. Are, are there any safe crackers nearby? And he's like, no, nah, that makes some sense. Let me, let me go look some people up. Let me go look some people up. There's no fingerprints other than Mr. Oryx. So that's bad. And, he, and, Ms, and Uncle John's like, I'm going to go. And you're like, yeah, that makes sense. is like, okay, well, I got a date, so bye. (laughs) She goes scuba diving with Ned. In the meantime, Bess and George and Bert and Dave are like, hey, maybe we could go check out the chimney. And Dave falls into the chimney. Because, again... We've got a lot of chapters we got to end, so anyway, they have to pull him out of the chimney, and he does notice that the flues go off in different directions, and he's like, "That's weird, that's fine. They have to wash their clothes because, oh my God, um, Nancy is underwater with Ned, and she finds a shipwreck actually, and she's pretty sure it's the Lucy Bell. She's hoping. Um, she fall okay, I don't I don't understand. I've never gone scuba diving. She falls through some rotted wood on the deck and I was like, You're in water though? Like you're not really putting weight on No, it's fine. Maybe maybe she's got weights. I don't know. Anyway, so she falls through and her tank hose becomes tangled like a flash and that was at her side. He gently pulled her upward and straightened out the hose. She nodded her thanks. I was like, Y'all need to come back out. Anyway, so she goes around and she's looking. Um They don't really find don't find what she wants. They don't find like a a trunk or a chest or anything like that. And she's like, I didn't learn anything. And that's like, hey, at least now we know that it's probably not underwater. We're not seeing any sign of it there. It probably is not hidden underwater. So yeah. So they go. I think that Nancy's like, I want to go like, see if Fred's home. I want to see if we can get some, any more clues about him, but they see Fred's dad get into a car and, with Fred. They follow him, and he goes, t- like, toward a shack. Like, they kind of lose track of him because, of course, they're on a, a road that if they actually went up the road, they would be obvious. So, they go, like, toward a shack, and Nancy and Ned go into the shack to see if they're in there. Nobody's in there, but they do find a a machine to make keys, <laughs> and Nancy's like, Son of a fucking bitch. So they take it to the cops and they're like, yeah, it seems like this is probably a good hint that somebody's been making keys they should have been making. So there's that. They go home after that um, and they're like, okay, we've got a different padlock and if this is how the person's getting in, the new padlock, which has an alarm on it, should actually go off if anybody goes in there. They do hide some money in the room, but when they go out, the alarm has never gone off and they don't find the money. And Nancy's like, okay, son of a, it, they, there has to be a secret passage. There fucking has to be. So she finally finds one and it's uh, like the clue of the chimney, the clue of like the flues go off in different directions. And Nancy's like, okay, so maybe it's, maybe it's involved with the chimney. So she finally founds a place that like is hollow sounding. And when she taps it, it does open up like a panel that's in like the mantle, I think. I don't, it's, it's very strange the whole section above the center of the fireplace swung outward, so, so they get in there, and actually, she finds, I think it was, not yet, they actually, like, investigate, and they do find books of the, the books of the coins, so there's that, the coin collection is all in there, and Nancy's like, maybe it was just too much for them to carry at one time, so they do decide to leave the coin collection where it was hidden, because if they don't they'll tip off the thief, so there's that, but, Okay, so they decide that they are going to hide in the library and see who comes in. They're like, you know, we're going to do it this time. It's going to be great. Like, they're going to say like, oh, Uncle John has put some money, like, you know, plant some clues with Fred. Um, And they're like, we're all going to leave the house and it's going to be fine. So Nancy, Bess, and George sneak into the library and they're like, you know, whoever's there is not going to fuck with us. It's going to be fine. Um, The chimney, like, they've been like, everybody's going to be gone. The house is going to be empty. Everything's fine. So they are all in there. They see the chimney like secret passage open and Fred Jenkins's dad walks through and he's wearing gloves. He's got stocking feet on. So he's, he's doing, he's being as stealthy as he possibly can. He goes directly to the safe and like, there's like a little bag of jewelry that they had put in it. Like, I think it's all costume jewelry just as like to lure the thief. And so Nancy's like, son of a bitch. So she's like, you're the phantom, hands up. And he whips out fucking Mace and fucking Maces her with it. And so then George comes out and he also fucking, well, it's not Mace, it's knockout spray, but maybe both. And then, like, Bess is still hidden. So she sees Nancy and George go down and she's like, son of a bitch. So she sees the dude. And she calls out to him stop and at the same time she has a book like to block him from being able to spray her in the face. So she he turned around to spray her and she like fucking throws the book at his face (laughs) and he's knocked the fuck out. And Bess is like perfect. So she leaves the room and calls the police immediately. She's like send the police right now. Then Fred fucking Jenkins comes in, and Bess is like, oh, hi. And he's like, I thought the house was going to be empty. And Bess is like, yeah, I forgot something. And you look cute, though. Do you have any friends who are single? And he's like, no. And Bess is like, oh, okay. Um, so I'm just going to get a snack out of the kitchen. Do you feel like a snack? And Fred's like, no, I don't, I don't really feel like a snack. I don't know. And then the cops come in, and Bess is like, thank God. Okay, so come to the library. <laughs> And Bess is like, yeah, you bitch, your dad's been hurt. And Fred's like, my dad, no. And Bess is like, yeah, that's right, bitch. So they come in and of course Fred is like, what happened to him? Did you kill my dad? It's fine. You know, it's fine. So Fred immediately like just breaks. And he's like, yeah, I found that secret passageway. And I told my dad, he's been looking for that treasure. It's been great. And then he has some friends who are also creepy and it's been great. Um, they haven't found the treasure, though. They basically followed Nancy around. They tried to find hints, and they went through old records, but they didn't find anything. Um, they, the dad admits that he stole some money. He says that he was a locksmith, and he made keys to various doors, padlocks, and everything, but he didn't want to get caught, so that's why he was using the secret passage, so. So, yeah. Um, And they admit that all of them are involved in all the bullshit stuff that's been happening in the book. Of course. And the pearl necklace is hidden in the same creepy cabin where they found the key key making thing. And he's like, why do I want to give it back to you? Because I admire your grit. And Nancy's like, this is the first time in Nancy's life that a thief had voluntarily offered to return property because he admired her. She had to smile. And I was like, I don't know, though. Like, is that giving? You're one of us, though. You also enjoy being a little bit subversive. It's fine. Anyway. So, they admit to, like, everything. They they made a key to Nancy's car. Oh, actually, it says they started without a key. And I was like, you couldn't have hot it. She would have noticed that. But it's fine. It doesn't matter. It's fine. So Nancy, after they've been arrested, she's like, okay, we're still looking for the treasure. And she says, suppose that the Indians were kind to the exhausted survivors and helped the thieving crewmen bury the treasure thinking it belonged to everyone. In return, the crewmen promised the Indians a share of it, but did not intend to keep the promise. When they sneaked back later to dig it up, the Indians, upon discovering that they had been double-crossed, became furious at all the survivors and killed them. The old map shows that the massacre took place near the village. I'll bet that's where we'll find the pine tree landmark Ned thought he had located on the shore. There's a ridiculous amount of conjecture in that. Just, like, bonkers. But Nancy's like, this seems plausible. There's nothing to indicate that yes or no about this. This is just, like, okay. That's fine. But they're like, yeah, let's go dig. So they do. They all do. Uh, It's the girls, though. Because the guys are not with them. And they find the chest. And they, um... It's really heavy, though. They have to, like, get some tree branches to help them support it and take it back. Because I don't think... Yeah, they don't they didn't take the key with them. They take it back to Uncle John. He opens it up. Our queer elder. And they show him the beautiful French wedding dress and veil and everything. And he's, like, so excited about it. He's like, how gorgeous. There's um two... Into the satin lining of the case were two exquisite miniatures painted on ivory they were framed with jewels how gorgeous they're portraits of louis philippe and his queen nancy exclaimed everyone continued to stare at the array of beauty for several minutes mm. then finally george said wait until you hear the rest of what happened while you were away so so he finds out that they've found the phantom they've arrested him they've recovered everything that was stolen everything's fine he's like i can never thank you girls enough what can i do to show my appreciation nancy says don't forget that you took us in when we were homeless that was a very big favor and i was like Yeah, there's some times that I wish that you guys would extend some of what you're learning about to other things that you're doing. Um, It's fine. He says, I'm going to have a party, and let's invite Mrs. Palmer, and it's going to be fabulous. Um, You girls and I will present the chest of gold coins to the town officials, because they found that as well. So that's supposed to go to Emerson as well. And the wedding gown and other pieces to the university museum. Suddenly he grinned, but not these precious miniatures. These I will keep and give to the first of you three girls to be married. Nancy Bess and George blushed, and Nancy quickly changed the subject, and I was like, because Nancy's already married. (laughs) Anyway, and so, um, Uncle John admits that he, that ribbon that she found in the cave, like, he used to play with it, like, he found it when he was a little kid, and, and, like, playing with it, and he had hidden it in that cave, so, so, yeah and that's it they recovered the stuff they're gonna give it to the museum um and the miniatures are nancy's because she's gonna she's gonna marry ned like any day now so so that's where we are with this book um is this the horniest nancy dream mystery story that we've read so far like it's definitely top five. Oh my god oh my god um oh man so we get a lot of not necessarily character development for Ned, but we get a lot of like stuff to kind of indicate his personality. I'm, I have to just like, this is not an I can excuse the racism thing, but it's very much a, like I I hate the whole like oh Ned's gonna dress up like an Indian with a headdress and with buckskins and and like with grease paint on his face. Like, y'all did not need to do that. I'm, I would say like maybe. No, I wouldn't even say to get some actual Native Americans to help reenact this. Because, again, it's bullshit. And it's kind of like Ned was reenacting the thing that Nancy is supposing happened. Like, they discovered that they've been double-crossed. And said so they killed the people who were responsible for the double-cross. But then did not actually dig up the shit. Or maybe they were like, well, it's cursed now. I don't know. It doesn't... Mm, there's a lot that's kind of weird about all this shit. But, you know, it's fine. So... um. Again, I stand by my assertion that Uncle John is the queer elder of this book. That he is running a house for people who need to be off campus to engage in shenanigans. And that Nancy and Ed fall firmly into that category. Because, yeah. I do love that he's the president of Immersion for next year, though. Does that ever come up again? You know what? I don't fucking think so. I really don't think so. I think that it was a really cute thing that they did for this one particular book. So, there's that. Next book is 99 Steps. So, I think we're going international again. I think that's what's going to happen for the next time. So, what have we learned? Nothing. We have learned absolutely nothing. We have learned that if you have a padlock on the door and somebody's coming in there, there's a fucking secret passage which Nancy knew the whole fucking time. So, there's that. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Nancy likes to look cute for Ned. I was like, I knew this. Mm, More of this. All, all the more of this. I just... Mm. It's so good. I love the books where, like, there's nobody trying to get in between them, where they're clearly, like, really cute and in love. I love it. It's it's so good. It's so damn good. Anyway, so we'll be doing 99 Steps next time. This has already been a ridiculously super fun-filled episode. So until next time, stay sleuthing, my friends.